Hey there, future friends! This week we have an intervention, we need to find our mom, and we need to take a vote. This is the week of January 20th, 2023, and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. Not as big of a week as last week, because I do admit that was a lot of movies, but this week we do have some interesting things coming out. The way I look at this week is that we have a bunch of movies that are worth a watch and may even be someone's favorite movie of the year, but it was on no one's list of movies to look out for. Nothing against these films, though. Really, nothing against them. But... Not the kind of movies that get hyped. But my friends, welcome to the show. If you are new, welcome. I appreciate you giving it a shot. I am Billiam, and I talk about all of the movies coming out during the week. In this show, I put every movie coming out into one of two categories. The first is the limited releases. Those are limited release movies that did nothing to catch my eye. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. Maybe give a thought or two, but that's usually it. The next section, I call it wide releases and interesting indies. That's every wide release and every major streaming service release, no matter how good or bad I think it looks, and all of those limited release movies that I do think look good. In this section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it, and then I definitely give a thought or two, which I will then end with a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score, if you're nasty. I then give you a pick of the week, which I say, hey, friend, hey, fellow movie lover. If you see one movie this week, this one has the best shot of being good. And then I send you along your way. So without any further ado, without any more waiting, let us jump into the limited release section with the first movie coming out called Out of Exile. This is a video on demand movie. After a botched armored car robbery, a recently paroled thief tries to balance his life and mend a troubled family as a determined FBI agent hunts down him and his crew. This stars Ryan Merriman from The Pretender, Peter Green from Pulp Fiction, Haley McFarlane from The Conjuring, and Jake the Snake Roberts. That's right, WWE legend Jake the Snake Roberts. After that, we have a movie called In From The Side. This is a limited release film. Following a drunken encounter, two equally attached men form a cash-strapped and divided gay rugby club, unwittingly sleepwalk into an adulterous affair, but must conceal their growing feelings or risk destroying the club they love. This stars no one of note. After that, we have a film called Bermuda Island, another limited, no VOD here. In fact, I think the rest of them are limited from here on out in this section. Passengers on their way to a tropical paradise crash at sea and find themselves on a deserted island. Desperate to survive the elements and infighting between survivors, they find that the island has more in store for them than they could ever imagine. 
This stars Tom Sizemore from Saving Private Ryan and Noel Guglielmi from Training Day. Fun fact, if you ever on Reddit or Imager or any site like that ever saw that post about the, the actor who always plays someone named Hector, Noel Guglielmi is that actor. He was in Breaking Bad as a man named Hector. He is named Hector so often that it's uh, quite entertaining. But unfortunately, this movie looks like garbage, so we're not going to watch it. Tom Sizemore had his moment. He could possibly do it again, but not with movies like this. No way. Three more movies left in this section, so let's talk about Detective Knight. Independence. Detective James Knight's last-minute assignment to the Independence Day shift turns into a race to stop an unbalanced EMT from imperiling the city's festivities. The misguided vigilante playing cop with a stolen gun and uniform has a bank vault of reasons to put on his own fireworks show, one that will strike dangerously close to Knight's home. This stars Bruce Willis from Die Hard, and that really hurt my voice, by the way, doing that voice. I had a crazy coughing fit, and I thought I was going to throw my back out. That's the kind of old son of a bitch I am now, where my back can just go out. When I was in the UK, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, when I, when I was in Wales, I had to help push my uncle-in-law's car so he could pop the clutch and get it started, and I pulled my back out pushing the car. So, uh, fun for me. Anyway, this stars Bruce Willis from Die Hard, Jack Kilmer from The Nice Guys, Diana Meyer from Starship Troopers, and Lachlan Monroe from Riverdale. And no, I'm gonna 100%, 100% skip this. Whoever wrote this film just missed the temperature of the room when they did it because one of the things that they keep repeating in the trailer is that cops are good. They're here to help us. Not all cops are bad. It's like, really now? This is when you want to release it? No. Next up, we have a film called Alone at Night. Vicky is a young woman looking for an escape after going through a harrowing breakup. After retreating to a friend's remote cabin in the woods to clear her head, she continues modeling sexy lingerie for her devoted followers on 18 and Over, an adults-only live stream website. But when the power keeps going out, Vicky discovers something terrifying awaiting her in the dark. A masked killer wielding a crowbar who's hell-bent on bringing her night to a grisly end. This stars Ashley Benson from Pretty Little Liars, musician g Easy, model Winnie Harlow, musician Aesop Nast, I think is how you say it, Paris Hilton from House of Wax, Pamela Anderson from Baywatch, and Luis Guzman from Wednesday. You know what, God bless Luis Guzman, because it seems like he just takes whatever job is offered to him. He's not super famous, but he's well-known enough that he doesn't have to do movies like this. And I think he does just for, you know, the paycheck and because he likes acting. So God bless him. Also, I could have sworn Pamela Anderson was dead. I'm glad she's not, but I kind of thought she was. A kind of Mandela effect kind of thing, if you, if you will. And my friends, the final movie in the limited section is a movie called New Gods, Yang Zhang. So I think the beginning of this premise is just a mistranslation or something, but I'm going to read it the way it was in IMDb. 1500 years after the War of Gods, the heaven declined. Yang Jun, the god of Erlang, made a living by working as a catcher. One day, Yang Jun was ordered to hunt down a young man, his own nephew. So this is a Chinese movie, and basically it's about this 
guy who is a god, but he decided to seal up his god powers or something. And he's like the survivor of the War of Gods. And it was like his brother or something that or sister or someone that he locked up, like locked this other god away in a mountain. And he's a bounty hunter now. I, I don't know why. Don't ask me these things. But then this kid he sent to search for just turns out to be his nephew. And the kid finds out that this guy is the one that locked his mom away. So then another War of the Gods starts or something. So the movies that China is sending over to us, the animated movies that they're sending over to us are definitely looking a lot better. I remember back when they were just god awful looking like dollar store Finding Nemo ripoff looking movies. And this one doesn't look that bad, but still, I'm not too bothered about watching it. Well, my future friends, that is it for the first part of the show. Allow us to take our first and only break as we hear a word from our good friends of the show, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. Welcome back, my future friends. We are here with the wide releases and interesting indies. So let's jump right into it with a Netflix original movie called... I think it's called Young E. It's spelled J. U-N-G underscore E. On an uninhabitable 22nd century Earth, the outcome of a civil war hinges on the cloning of the brain of an elite soldier to create a robot mercenary. This is a movie from South Korea, and it's directed by Sang Ho Yeon, who directed Trained Busan and Peninsula, or it's written and directed by him. So that, that sounds pretty good to me right there. Like I said, it's coming to Netflix. So... Most of us have access to Netflix in one way or another, whether we subscribe ourselves or we have a friend that does and we borrow their login. I say check this out. I mean, why not? It doesn't look bad. It looks like a fine sci-fi action movie. It doesn't look great, but of course, we don't need great. We don't always need things to be great, and I think this looks like a good time. From what I gather from the trailer, this elite soldier dies on a mission or maybe not dies but gets put into a coma or something something negative happens to this this soldier and then so they use her consciousness and put it into an ai or turn into an ai something so basically they have this super soldier robot or android or whatever and then instead of just letting it just do its thing they experiment on it and torture it and then someone who knew the soldier lets it go because it's like i can't watch this happen to you and then so basically it's about this person who's not a person of course that's a question for the future right is ai are they going to be people blah 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 whatever but can this person survive it looks like it's well worth your time and that's why 
Young E gets a 7.5 out of 11. Next up, my future friends, is a movie called After Love. This is the first of two limited releases. Well, technically the first of two, but I'll talk about that when it comes. After Love, set in the port town of Dover, Mary Hussein suddenly finds herself a widow following the unexpected death of her husband. A day after the burial, she discovers he has a secret just 21 miles across the English Channel in Calais. This stars Johanna Scanlon from Notes on a Scandal and Natalie Richard from Never Let Me Go. So this is a movie from the UK, and I think it's going to be one of those movies that you watch, you go, wow, that was really good, and I'm never going to watch it again because it's so, it's going to be hard to watch because we have this woman whose husband dies. She's grieving him, but then when she's going through his stuff, because, you know, that's what you do when someone dies, she sees things that doesn't seem right, and then she finds out that there's another woman in Calais, France. If I'm saying that wrong, please let me know. So she travels to go meet the woman, and then when she confronts the woman at her house, the woman says, oh, are you the cleaner? Probably because she sees this woman dressed like, I'm assuming Muslim. And she goes, oh, you must be the cleaner. Why else would you be here? So she accepts the job as the cleaner. And then eventually it comes out and it's about the woman dealing with her husband's death, dealing with his infidelity, dealing with this woman who knowingly had a relationship with a married man. And what does she do? I think this looks really good. But like I said, the kind of movie you watch once go, wow, that was good. I'm glad I watched that. But time to watch something else to get that taste of a very serious drama out of my mouth. That being said, time for the score after love gets a seven out of 11. Next up is a film, the last official limited release called Blaze. After accidentally witnessing a violent crime, a young girl is left catatonic with shock and struggles to make sense of what she saw, ultimately finding renewal in the inestimable world of her own imagination. I also hate whoever wrote that for making me say inestimable because it took me five takes to say it because I've never said that word in my life. So what does that mean? Inestimable means too great to calculate. So you could have said immeasurable, unfathomable, anything else that would have been easier to say, but you chose that. That's great. But enough of that. This stars Simon Baker from The Mentalist, Josh Lawson from Mortal Kombat. He played Kano. We love him. Yale Stone from Orange is the New Black, and as Blaze, Julia Savage. Again, I think we have a well-acted movie here. I think it's also something else to keep an eye out for because it does look like this girl, Julia Savage, who I've never seen before. I I think she hasn't done much. Let me look her up. Oh, so she's been acting since 2015, but done bit parts. So, you know, not bad. The thing I don't know is if she plays a character with autism. The reason I question that is because in the trailer, when she's witnessing the attack, she's walking around not really paying attention to anything, kind of in her own world with noise-canceling, or what I assume are noise-canceling headphones on. And while kids really can just walk around with headphones on and not be autistic, just her behavior and how she reacts to what she sees makes me wonder if she is on the spectrum, because I think that would be important to say, because then this could be a movie which would have representation. True, she may not be autistic. I don't see anything on her IMDb page saying it. So it wouldn't be an own voices movie per se, but I think it's just good to say in situations like that if it's a big part of the movie. 
but this looks good. I do like Simon Baker. I would like to see more of him. So I think this looks interesting. I won't go out of my way to see it. I won't do that. But what I will do is keep an eye out for it for if it ever comes to a major streaming service. Blaze gets a 6 out of 11. I lied. There's one more limited movie. Okay. But let's talk about the next movie called The Sun. So this is what I said earlier when I said there may be more. Because one website I use for all of the movies coming out says this is a nationwide release. But another says it's not, but it was a previous limited release now expanding. Because remember, that is how some movies get released. They'll trickle out to a handful of theaters, maybe New York and L.A., maybe a couple other big cities too, and then it'll slowly move out. This is the week the sun expands. Peter has his busy life with new partner Beth and their baby thrown into disarray when his ex-wife Kate turns up with their teenage son Nicholas. This stars Hugh Jackman from Logan, Vanessa Kirby from The Crown, Laura Dern from Jurassic Park, Anthony Hopkins from Hitchcock, and Zen McGrath as The Sun. So do you remember that movie from 2020 with Olivia Coleman about this woman trying to take care of her aging father? And how he's starting to lose it just a little bit. How he's starting to question things and question his own mind. Well, Anthony Hopkins plays the same character. I lied. It's actually a prequel. I lied. To be fair, I haven't seen it, so I don't know how it ends. But, like, if he died at the end or something, you might be going, wait, how's it a sequel and he's in it? No, this is a prequel to The Father. But Hugh Jackman looks like he's giving an outstanding performance, and Laura Dern just anything she touches these days is great. And I look forward to seeing this one day. I will probably watch The Father first. And I wonder if I'm going to like Hugh Jackman's character because, you know, people get divorced and start new families. It happens. But from what I understand from the trailer, he divorces Laura Dern for this younger woman and just leaves and like abandons the family. And that is a f***ed up thing to do. So can Hugh Jackman be disarming enough to make that character not a piece of shit. That'd be interesting to see. The Sun looks like a good movie, but also one that, just like, honestly, just like The Father, I don't think you're missing anything if you haven't seen the film. So The Sun gets a 7.5 out of 11. Should I start changing up my rating system instead of like 0.5s and even numbers? Should I just be doing like 7.2 like Keith Lee does? Keith Lee, the TikTok personality, not the wrestler. Anyway, let's move on with the next film called Kids vs. Aliens. So as of this week, it is a limited release, but it is a Shudder original. So maybe it will come to Shudder just like Slashback did uh, last year. And a lot of Shudder originals do. It looks like they try to have it released in theaters first and then they... Make it able so you can rent it from like Roku or Amazon or somewhere else, but also on their service, which I think is pretty cool. But that will probably be in the future, unless it's a simultaneous release and none of the websites I use knew that, but we'll see. So kids versus aliens. An all-time rager of a teen house party turns to terror when aliens attack, forcing two warring siblings to band together to survive the night. This stars Dominic Mariche from Are You Afraid of the Dark, the 2021 version, and Phoebe Rex from The Last Divide. So we have a similar vibe to Slashback, like I mentioned. If you remember, Slashback was some about some 
Inuit kids in Canada and how monsters attack their town and it's up to them to save the day. Similar idea. This is about a group of kids and they're the only ones who can stop these aliens. What do the aliens want? Well, they want humans because they melt humans down because their skin, human skin powers their, their engines for their spaceships. So that's a pretty brutal spaceship engine right there. Sounds like something straight out of 40k. Warhammer 40k, that is. So yes, like I think I mentioned before, this harkens back to Slashback, which was a Shudder release from last year. It's still available to stream on Shudder or a lot of other websites too. I still haven't seen it, but I really want to. It's been getting great reviews, and I think that Shudder is one I'm going to start subscribing to every once in a while. I think I've mentioned this on the show before with HBO Max and Apple TV+. Plus. What my wife and I have been doing now is like getting it for a month, watching everything we want, canceling it, waiting for stuff to build back up again. Or if we hear that, oh, hey, HBO Max is getting rid of this show or something like that, then we'll get it just to catch up and then unsubscribe. But we realize that sometimes a month will go by and we don't really watch one of the services a lot. And while each particular streaming service may not be that much money, it does add up. Hulu, Netflix, and Disney are probably the ones we use the most. A Discovery Plus too, but we borrowed that from a friend. Anyway, back to Kids vs. Aliens. So you would think it sounds like the spiritual successor to something not so horror-y. And even though it is Shudder, and Shudder can get pretty brutal with some of their originals, this one doesn't seem like it's that brutal, even though they are melting down humans to get fuel for their, their starship. It looks like something where it's believable that kids are in that situation. So it's dark, the threat is real, but it's not something like Saw or Wrong Turn or The Hills Have Eyes. It's kind of like horror light, if you will. Still looks interesting. Uh, it looks stupid too, but the fun kind of stupid because the sister, the older sister, played by Phoebe Rex, at one point gets a sword and she just starts slashing aliens left and right. How does she know how to use a sword? I don't know. Maybe she was in color guard or something, or she was a gymnast, uh, did rhythm just gymnastics. I don't know. For some reason, she's not terrible at using a sword and just f***s up aliens left and right. And while that's that's kind of over the top, I like it. And of course, when it comes to a movie with a premise like this, I don't mind that, that it's a little over the top. I kind of like that. Kids vs. Aliens looks like a good time, but it also looks like a good movie to wait. Do you really need to see this this week? Well, I, I don't know your life. Maybe you do. And if you do, great. This is coming out. Go try and find it. Or if you'd rather, wait for it to come to streaming. I don't think there's a problem with that. Slashback has been out since last year. I still have had nothing spoiled for me. And I think that's one of the benefits of these smaller movies. It's not like someone's going to randomly talk about it. You want to know a really weird spoiler story? Okay, here, here we go. So I have never read the full Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. I've read the first Hitchhiker's Guide, haven't gone beyond that. This year, I'm going to read the whole thing. So I was trying to do the audiobook so I could listen to it as I was at work doing the bookkeeping and do, like typing up all the forms I have to type up and everything like that. And the one I found, it said Hitchhiker's Guide to the galaxy. I'm like, oh, great. Okay. And Owen is narrated by Douglas Adams. That's fantastic. I love that. So I started listening to it and it's a speech given by him at first. So I thought, oh, maybe it just opens with a speech he gives. And then it goes into him reading the book. The first thing he does is spoil the ending for the restaurant at the end of the universe and reads the first little bit of life, the universe, and everything. So I'm like, okay, well, now I know how the second book ends and the third begins. 
Of course, at that point, it's my fault, right? Life, the Universe, and Everything was written in 1981, two years before I was born, so I've had my entire life to read this. Yeah, if it's too old, you can't get angry about spoilers, but with some new big movies, it's sometimes hard to avoid them, so that's a good thing about smaller ones like this. So Kids vs. Aliens, I got distracted again, see? Kids vs. Aliens looks like a good time. It looks like a movie that is enjoyable and maybe something to watch every few years. Maybe not every year, but every few years. You'll just get the inkling to watch it again. It looks like it's a good time. And because it's a good time, it gets a 7 out of 11. All right, my future friends, three movies left. And the next movie is one that had gotten a previous release and is now expanding. Like I said about the other one, one website I use shows this as a wide release, while the other one shows it as expanding, so I don't know which one it is. I'm going to assume expanding. So this movie is called Alice Darling. A young woman trapped in an abusive relationship becomes the unwitting participant in an intervention staged by her two closest friends. This stars Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect, Wunmi Musaku from Lovecraft Country, and one of my new favorite horrors, His House, and Kanye Tiho Horn from Letterkenny. Oh, also Charlie Carrick from Deepwater. Alice Darling is about this woman in an abusive relationship, like it says, and her friends trick her to come out to a weekend on the lake or something by pretending it's for one of their birthdays. She does come out, but she lies to her boyfriend about it, probably because that's something that abusive men in relationships do is kind of control what their what their wives or girlfriends do. So she lies and says it's something for work and she goes out and when they confront her, she gets really upset. And then who shows up but him? How did he know? Because he snooped through her email and found out about it. And then also he tracks her phone or something. And then also when you're watching the trailer, they bring up this news article about missing women in the area. And that has to be tied to it. He has to be the killer. Either that or they're going to think he's a killer and there's some misunderstanding. But the way I see it is this man is not going to leave this lake alive. And while I'm never going to wish for someone's death in real life, in a movie I have no problem saying, good f*** him. I hope they murder his ass. So that's a good cast. I don't know much about this Charlie Carrick person, but I like the other three. I do think this sounds interesting. And also it could potentially be revenge porn in the sense like that if he does die. So this is a movie about a serious topic. And it also seems like it handles it respectably because it's not like they're trying to turn it into some over-the-top horror, which is not inherently disrespectful if they did that two women who have been in abusive relationships, and men, too, who have been in abusive relationships. But it, it, the movie does hit different when we have these different approaches to it, and this one seems like a more serious one. So an obvious trigger warning for people before you watch this movie if you're triggered by stuff like that. I didn't give a trigger warning before, but just because I feel like didn't go into enough detail, but if I still should have given one, please let me know. But to wrap this up, I do think this looks good, but of course, also heavy, so not for everyone. But as for my personal interest, I'm going to say Alice Darling gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, my friends, two movies left, and the last movie that's not the pick of the week is the only certified nationwide release of the week, and that's called Missing. When her mother disappears while on vacation in Colombia with her new boyfriend, 
June's search for answers is hindered by international red tape. Stuck thousands of miles away in Los Angeles, June creatively uses all of the latest technology at her fingertips to try and find her before it's too late. But as she digs deeper, her digital sleuthing raises more questions than answers. And when June unravels secrets about her mom, she discovers that she never really knew her at all. This stars Storm Reed from A Wrinkle in Time, Nina Long from The Best Man series, Ken Leung from The Night Shift, and Daniel Henney from Criminal Minds. So this is the sequel, not a direct sequel, but takes place in the same universe it's supposed to, that the John Cho movie Searching took place in, you know, that movie from a couple years back. I think it was filmed during COVID because that's why it's mainly him on a computer. But his daughter goes missing and he's trying to find her, but he's stuck at home. It's the it's the same people behind it. I'm not sure if everyone's behind it, but it's the same the same idea done again, but this time with Storm Reed and Nina Long. And I do think this looks good. I never saw Searching, but I do want to. But Missing, something about the trailer for Missing is getting me more interested than Searching. And I love John Cho. You know me and Asians. I like to support the Asians, you know, my people. But something about this movie, I think, just speaks to me more than the first one did. And the good news is you don't have to know how that movie ended. I don't foresee any spoilers, maybe a reference or something. But mostly this is going to be a standalone movie, so you don't have to have seen the previous one for it. I can't guarantee there won't be some spoiler. Like she sees a news news article about the previous movie and says, oh, daughter return home safe or daughter found dead or something. But the movie's been out for a while. So are you really that bothered about spoilers? Me neither. I like Storm Reed and I want to see her more in things because the only thing I actually saw her in is A Wrinkle in Time and I hated A Wrinkle in Time. Like, don't get me wrong, I hated the book too. It's an awful book. In fact, I think the movie is better than the book because the book is stupid and pointless. But I'm glad to see her in something else. I do want to see Slight. It's that other movie that she was in where something about her brother gets caught up in some crime or something, and he uses sleight of hand to help him get out, if I remember correctly. Because as of recording this, my internet's down, which is why this episode was later than normal. So I am pulling 100% from my memory from anything other than the name of the movie, the premise, and who's in it. So, God help me. And that's why I can never do a debate, or I can never talk live without my computer or a phone or something, because my memory is terrible. And I forget so much that I need constant reminders of things about movies. Like Storm Reed, I probably would have remembered A Wrinkle in Time on my own, but Nina Long, I would not have remembered the Best Man series. But you know what? Let's not get distracted and talk about Missing and say that I do want to see this, just not now. Missing gets an 8 out of 11. And finally, my future friends, let's wrap this up with the pick of the week, which is another movie getting an expansion. So this implies it's already been released just in very select theaters. Now it's getting a wide release, and that movie is called Women Talking. Do nothing, stay and fight, or leave. In 2010, the women of an isolated religious community grapple with reconciling a brutal reality with their faith. This stars Rooney Mara from Carol, Claire Foy from The Crown, Jesse Buckley from The Fargo TV Show, Judith Ivey from The Devil's Advocate, Frances McDormand from Nomadland, and Ben Wishaw from Mary Poppins Returns. So I forgot the name of the book. Uh, once again, no internet right now. 
but my wife is actually reading it and it's based on a true story about this group of Mennonites or Amish or someone who are devoutly religious, live separated from everyone else and don't use electricity, don't use modern conveniences. So one of those groups. And trigger warning for this one, this movie does deal with sexual assault. So uh, no hard feelings if you just end the episode here. I won't go into detail, but I am going to talk about it. So the women of this village have started waking up bruised and signs of them being sexually assaulted. And at first they were like, wow, what's going on? Is it like, like Satan? Is it a ghost? Is it something weird going on? And then I don't know how they figure it out because I didn't read the book or see the movie, but they realize someone from the village is drugging them and then assaulting them when they're asleep. So they wake up, no memory of this. It's probably the date rape drug. And because they're this community that is so out of touch with the rest of the world that they don't know about it. Not victim blaming, mind you, just saying that right now. But that could be why at first they're like, what's going on? We have no clue. Where unfortunately in our world, if you woken up and something like that had happened, there is a chance that you could figure it out. So basically they figure it out. They go to the elders or the community leaders or whatever and say, hey, this is what happened. And the leaders, all men, of course, say, oh, well, that sucks. But... Uh, this guy's coming back to the village and before he can come back, you have to forgive him. Uh, no, no other option. We're not going to punish him. Nothing's happening. Uh, we just told him, no, stop that. And, uh, yeah, you got to forgive him. And he comes back to the village, the end. And then the women are now having a vote. And like it says in the premise, their options are do nothing, stay and fight or leave. If they do nothing, then they accept the apology and go back to life as they knew it before, as if nothing had happened. If they stay and fight, they have to fight the community with this going, hey, I know that our old super misogynistic rules have been the rules for for hundreds of years. But you know what? They suck and something needs to change or they leave. And I don't know why, but they decide they need to do this as a group. Like all of the women have to agree to this. And there are people who are voting for both sides or all three sides. So this movie is basically about this vote. And what happens because of it. So just like with Alice Darling, this is a deep movie. And not just deep, this is a heavy movie. This is a movie that, you know, it's not going to be for everyone. It might not be for you. And if it's not for you, that's perfectly fine. That's understandable. If you finish this episode and you never want to think about this again, I get it. If you're a survivor, if you're not a survivor, if nothing like this ever happened to you, still, maybe you don't want to watch something like this. And I, I understand. Because look at it this way. We, we're going to have some fantastic performances in this movie. Look at that cast. Francis McDormand, Claire Foy, Rooney Mara. Do we need anyone else? We don't. But they've done other things. They've done other movies. So if you skip this, you're not going to totally miss out. You can watch another. You can watch Nomadland to get some Francis McDormand. You can watch The Crown to get some Claire Foy. And Carol to get some Rooney Mara, you know? But if this topic is not a deal breaker for you. This could be a very good movie. Of course, super heavy, very important, a very important story to tell. But looking at it as just a movie, looks like it's going to be a good one. I know I always say I, I have to separate a movie and, and look at it as just a movie. But with movies like this, it's really hard, especially with things like sexism, racism, homophobia, anything like uh, like that, sexual assault in this case. 
it's hard for me to just sit back and go, okay, this is just a movie. Because I don't want to meet the kind of person who can 100% separate it and look at this coldly as a form of art as opposed to the vessel of a very important story. Women Talking looks good. It looks heavy and deep and good. It has a good cast. This is a story that's important to know. And this is my pick of the week. But you know what, my friends? If you decide instead to see something more lighthearted like the sun, more more lighthearted like Blaze. Jesus, this is a depressing week. Everything is depressing. This is a terrible week for women in movies. The characters, that is. One gets killed on the battlefield. One finds out her husband was cheating on her. One witnesses a horrid crime. One has to turn to her scummy ex-husband for help when her son starts acting out. Probably the lightest one of the bunch is Kids vs. Aliens, where the sister just has to pick up a samurai sword and kill some aliens. Alice Darling, a woman in an abusive relationship, missing. A woman has gone missing. Her daughter's trying to find her. Oh my god. Did they plan this? Did someone plan this? Okay, you know what? Let's wrap this show up. This is simultaneously a good week for movies and also a week to skip. Not because they're not good, but because these are, are the kind of movies, for the most part, that you really need to go in with a special frame of mind. And hell, maybe you could be triggered by some of this, and that's, I, I'm sorry you are, that's perfectly understandable. So maybe instead you're going to sit home and watch whatever it is you like to sit home and binge. But the pick of the week is still Women Talking, and it gets a 9 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that is it for this episode. I will see you next week. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate the fact that I still have listeners or that I have listeners and ever had listeners. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the show. I would greatly appreciate it if you took some time to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Always reach out to me. You can find all the different ways to reach me in the show notes. But for now... My future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.